yeah, real quick, um, about an hour and a half ago at this point in time, um, Monday Night Football was supposed to be played, and it was played until, unfortunately, T. Higgins caught a, a ball, and DeMar Hamlin tried to tackle him, and we don't really know what happened, but all we know is that he got up and then fell right back down, and he was in critical condition on the field and needed CPR and got loaded into an ambulance. So at this point in time, we're just kind of praying for a speedy recovery and hoping that all is well. Obviously, the game has been canceled for a great reason, but we just want to say prayers up for DeMar Hamlin. You can hit the intro. Yeah. Welcome back to MSR Sports. Matt Patricia should be fired. Welcome to another episode of MSR Sports. Welcome back, everybody, to the MSR Sports Podcast. Matt Patricia is bad at calling plays. Let's not talk about his college days. And then round the campfire and sing another word. Oh, Belichick, oh, Belichick. Joe Judge is not fine. He ran a QB sneak on a third and fucking nine. Welcome. Welcome back, everybody, to MSR Sports. Um, uh, we come uh, like Matt just started to open. It's a bit hard to do this, but uh, we uh, made a promise out to y'all. Um, to all the followers on TikTok, as Sam said, that he was going to ask y'all to drop your hot takes, and we would answer them as quick as possible. And here we are answering <laughs> the uh, hot takes. I don't know if we're going to do anything else, but I know for sure we are answering the uh, hot takes. And I do want to say, last podcast, literally last night, I said, I know we're not going to get any comments, but I put this TikTok <laughs> out. And we got 27 comments, so that's... that's wow. 27? That's a decent amount. Yeah, holy shit. I mean, some of the comments, like, replies to hot takes, but... Okay. And two of them are alone, but... Alright. Uh. <laughs> we're going to start off. Jocelyn says... Larry Fitzgerald is the greatest wide receiver in history. That is hot and is no. I don't even think I have Larry in my top five receivers of all time. I'd say he's five five. I would so with Larry Fitz, I would say that you have to get in the Yeah, you know, I'm okay. Am I bad? Okay, you're not the greatest, but I think I did. I'm just respecting by not putting him top five. I I just forgot that he single handedly carried. He's he's the first ever receiver to single handedly carry a franchise to the Super Bowl. Because the Cardinals had nothing else except for him. Yeah. Offensively speaking. I'd say Jerry Wright, Moss, Megatron have to be the top three. And then the thing the thing I will give credit with Pitts for is I'm going to adjust that a little bit because obviously we've seen great receivers that, you know, I, like obviously Larry Fitz is one of the best receivers of all time. There's no doubt about that. But Larry Fitz is probably the most sure handed receiver the NFL has ever seen. I think he is the best hands to ever graze an NFL field. I really mm-hmm. do. Dude did not drop passes. I'm pretty sure they. We all know that stat where yeah. he has more. He has less drops than he does have tackles, which kind of shows how bad quarterback play was <laughs> in Arizona until Carson Palmer came along. <laughs> but um, like we were there. Like let, let's go. Let's do. Literally, literally, Jake Plummer was there. That's that's when you. I'm pretty sure was Jake Plummer there for the for Larry Fitz at all, or was it was Josh? I don't Harrison, even know. Maybe. I, I mean, Josh I McCown. Just, I, I just Matt know Kurt Warner and Carson Paul. Yep, Matt Leinert was drafted, the USC legend. Uh, who else was even? Who else was even there? It was Jack John Skelton, maybe. Um, 
The Kevin Cobb. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, it's Kevin Cobb. Didn't we lose oh, to Kevin oh, Cobb oh, and yeah. the Cardinals? There was actually there was actually a good one in that span too. Kurt Warner. Uh, he was a yeah, uh, oh, that's what I said, yeah. Kurt Warner and Carson Cobb were their only two good ones. Yeah. Yep. Um, and unfortunately, he got both of those guys like towards the end of their career. Well, no, he didn't, no, get, them. He, Warner, he didn't get them in their prime. Warner, Warner wasn't Warner his was prime. whenever they made with the bowl, which was 09, I believe they made it 08 or 09. No, but, but, no, but what I, what I mean more like that, Warner was already at the end of his career, he wasn't like uh, prime. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the same goes for Carson Palmer, at the end of his career. Oh, no, 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 yeah, not the greatest receiver, I, I will time, say. But I, I still believe – One of the best catchers. The best in terms of – I think he – I think he has the greatest forgotten play in Super Bowl history. I know everybody likes to yeah. argue that it, 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 it's um, – who, well, who was it? Curse, right? That made that crazy catch on us or Golden Tate. Everyone yes. likes to argue that's the best one. I still – that if, if Santonio Holmes doesn't catch that touchdown in the end zone, we all talk about Larry Fitzgerald and that run that he did – Running from Palomado and the other safety in a play that just looked like he had won the Cardinals the Super Bowl. The team he carried on his back for months and for years. He had his final moment, and San Antonio Holmes had different plans. What a great Super Bowl that was, though. I mean, yeah. like, real, real shit. All right, we ready to go on right, to the next one. one? It's from Bailey Daddy 04. It says Bailey Zappi's better than Mac Jones. Nope. Um, Ruin, you, no. you, you, you were a Bailey Zappi guy, right, Ramon? No, Matt was. I was, I, I was. I, you were never a Bailey Zappi fan? So, no, I love Mac Jones. I've been a Mac guy since he was in college. So, well, you both. Zappi, right? I like both. And I've been, I've been well, no, I like both, yeah, but Mac is better. I've been saying right. it since day one that Bailey Zappi, like, the offense was moving with Bailey Zappi for those two games with Detroit and Cleveland. But I've been, I was saying since day one, even with those games, yes, the offense is moving, but Bailey Zappi is a less complicated offensive scheme, which is kind of what I was saying. Like when Matt gets back, I kind of want to go back, like go to the offense that Zappi was running. I know that we could have expanded the offense because with Zappi and it was pretty much just look the way of that receiver. And if it's there, throw it. Matt can at least go through his reads, and then you can maybe get something going even more and than just the drawn-up play. But, yeah, I mean, Bailey Zappi had those two games, and he had those two drives against Chicago. But after that, it was pretty much – we kind of saw the quarterback that Bailey Zappi is. And no disrespect to Bailey Zappi. I mean, he, 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 he got us two wins in the, this season against Detroit and Cleveland. But, you know, I think Mac is better at this point. Yeah, give me Mac. Yeah, I've I like I've, Bailey, but it Mac is just. I think bad. I will I will give Bailey Zappi one thing over Mac Jones though. He is a faster throwing motion. Or I think yeah, faster throwing motion is what I like to say. Because when Bailey Zappi got that ball out of his hands, and it was actually a rifle out of his hands. I liked his mo like I liked his throw better, but Mac is more accurate. So. The thing with yeah. Zappi is he was good, but then he, I want to like I wouldn't. Zappi was good when he played, but I just know if Zappi played a whole season, he would not be that good. Yeah, no, because no. The, once the Bears got onto him, it was like, okay, you can't like because that that's what happens with backup quarterbacks. It's, it's like Mike White, for example. Like Mike White comes in that game, he kills the Starbler, Bears. Then, if you would. 
but like in the yeah like Strep was sure in that game against Jacksonville but it's just more of the fact that once backup quarterbacks get solved they don't really do much because backup quarterbacks are a lot less a lot more simple than the starting quarterbacks offense for good reason but that's what happens so which which is why Brock Purdy is not a backup. That dude is the real deal. He well, he looked like it looked like he was figuring out not to mention he was down in that game. When you're down with a backup, it's technically like ball game. It's game over because your backups aren't really built to bring you back when you're down on the road. And he he Brock Purdy he may, he may be something. Remember Dak late round pick, Russ late round pick. Kirk late round pick, um, Brady late round pick, uh, Romo was undrafted, Kurt Warner was undrafted. Brock Purdy could be something special. He could be, but um, also, also, I want to hold the brakes with Brock Purdy because that 49ers offense, I feel like yeah, it's easy. Succeed. Yeah, I, so I, think I mean, Brock I think, Purdy I think, I think so. Are, oh, sorry, I think so is Miami's. Yeah. Okay, but that. Okay, but the thing is with Miami is that. The Miami offense has to be more pass heavy. Like I think Brock Purdy would honestly not do horrible in Miami. I think it'd be, I don't know. He'd be don't better know. than Bridgewater. He'd be better than Bridgewater. That's for sure. The San Fran offense is so creative because of obviously they've mastered the art of the motion, which you know once you motion somebody, it kind of throws off the effect of the defense because you don't really know what's happening. And San Fran has really mastered that over the years, and that's why you know Debo is so effective in that offense and. Kittle is so effective, and the the run game is effective even without CMC. It was effective with Mostert. It was effective with Elijah Mitchell. Like the guys that just are good in the system, and Brock Purdy in the 49ers system can be really good. But I think a lot of quarterbacks are really good in the 49ers system, and I I do think that Brock Purdy has upside though if you're going to roll with him into the future. But I don't know. Yeah. Right, well, I, I, I think I, if I was an NFL player, I think I'd want to play in the Niners. I think it's just a fun team to play on. Absolutely, that team that that offense is one of the most creative offenses the NFL has ever. Because seen. you don't have to be it's good to play on that team. Like they'll make yeah. you, they'll make you good. Um, yeah. Well, I never have said mine, but yes, like I said, I do. I will Mac over Zappy. Zappy's a backup, and we need to get it. And yeah, he looks good. But guess what? If anything, that's good for us to know that we have a good backup who's capable for when Mac goes yeah. down, which is exactly what he did. And yeah. I know that when Mac, when Mac came back, he didn't look as good, and that's why it upset fans. But again, Mac it didn't look good because Pat Patricia, like Matt has said, does not call the same place for Mac as he would with Baby Zappi. Also, I also think Mac was a bit – in the first couple of games, he looked a bit traumatized where you're coming off a knee injury, you're never really – it, it affects you for a bit. You don't want to get hit. I remember – Tom Torrey's ACL, the first game back, that Buffalo game, he was scared for three quarters until he realized that he was Tom freaking Brady and he, he ended up bringing the Pats back in that game. Mac was a little nervous and a bit scared for a while, but he's finally found his groove. Since that Vikings game, he's looked pretty good. I know that the offense has struggled, but I personally think he's looked good and I don't think the offense has struggled. The offense struggle is not his. It's still, like I said, we can, we'll find the legit, how legit Mac Jones is. I think Mac Jones is a franchise quarterback. But how far can he lead you determines on the fact that you want to support him with receivers and a good offensive coordinator. You got you to gotta get him. I think Mac can be the guy if you surround him with great talent. I think if you surround him with the number one, I think if you give him coaching, Mac can be really good in this system. But that I feel like he still is going to be 
a decent quarterback, no matter who you put around him, because, you know, that's, that's just kind of how we are. That's kind of, cause we're going to put decent receivers around him. We're going to give him a lot of different weapons to throw to. But the thing is, is that I think in order for Mac to take that next step and what we all want to see from Mac Jones to be our franchise quarterback, to give him the money that, you know, we, we really hope we have the guy, but like at the end of the day, this is a league where, you know, you gotta, you gotta make tough decisions. And if you aren't getting it done with one guy, then you got to move to the next one. But if Mac can become that franchise quarterback, like we all hope that he can be, we just have to surround him with talent and more talent than we have right now, because right now it's not going to get it done. See, I think Uh, um, the underrated thing of getting a franchise quarterback is off the field shit. Like, Mac, like you have to find like a good, like a good guy off the field, like a guy that teammates want to hang out with. Mm-hmm. Like yep. I forget who posted, but there's a video about like who a do you think is the most cringiest quarterback? Yeah, was, and like Mac is not cringe. Like, yeah. like I feel like you're, like you're, people like I feel like you'd want to hang out with Mac off the field. Like that's something like big. Like you want yeah, to yeah. like have them build chemistry fact, and hang out off the field. That, that's what people think is the problem with Wentz and Washington. They think there's something wrong with people not really because. He's so talented, yet he's never been liked in any locker room he's in, and they think it has more to do with him as a person. Like, like you look at the way Washington acts. Yeah, the way Washington acts around Wentz compared to the way they act around like uh, Heineke. Like Heineke's like a dude they just want to hang out, have a couple beers with, have a couple laughs with. They don't act like that with Carson Wentz, Wentz and everywhere Wentz he's been, like, they've never had. Because Wentz is more of the dad. Like he's a dad at this point. He's, you know, he's religious, obviously, which isn't a bad thing, but, like, you have to have a little bit of a personality in the locker room, outside the locker room. Like, you can still be a dad, be as religious as you need to, but that can't be your only personality trait if you're going to be a franchise quarterback. But, yeah, Mac is Mac is a great guy off the field. I think that a lot of our players love him and respect him. And, honestly, I think he's a, he'd be pretty cool to hang around with, too. I know He's I, definitely I a seen- fucking party animal. Because when, well, yeah, but I remember like Devontae Parker when he got traded to New England. Oh, yeah. They were partying they were together. Florida partying at a club or whatever. They were, they were, whatever yeah, they were I saw at, but... Kendrick Bourne vlogs. I've seen a couple of vlogs where they're all hanging out. They had like a hibachi at Mac Jones's house. Oh, yeah. Mac's always throwing like food stuff at his house. Yeah. Um, I mean, Before we go to the next one, I just want to say that on, on that comment, Matt, of the uh, Bay Zappy over Mac Jones. Uh, a Ohio State fan t- commented under that one saying, they said hot takes, bro. Well, so that, that guy seems to disagree with us. Well, here's the – because, like, honestly, there are Patriots fans out there that believe that Zappy is the guy moving forward. And, yes, he had two good games. It's more of the fact that they te- – like, the Bears <clears throat> started to figure him out. Like, if that Bears defense, which is not – like, it's bad now, but it wasn't bad when we faced them, obviously, because they had – I think Robert Quinn was there. They had Roquan Smith still. But, like, it's just – you can't expect him to keep that up for an entire season. Like, you, yes, he had he had two good games, but that's because you went up against Detroit, who's not a great defense, and Cleveland, whose defense has really come along over the late stretch of the season, but they weren't good at the time we faced them. So, you kind of have to credit it to bad defense because if teams get wind of the one read offense that we were running with Bailey Zappi, he's a fraud. He's toast. So see the thing with the thing with the Bailey Zappi shit is it was funny. Like, Oh, Bailey Zappi's the best quarterback. And then it just got, it got really unfunny really fast. Well, the thing that happens with a lot of things in the NFL world, people just like, 
overdo jokes. I I was a Zappy guy until he got exposed because I was I was more saying like okay if Zappy keeps up the hot hand, stick with him. But the thing is, is that kind of like what Washington did with Heineke for that stretch in time where they went on their little run. They stuck with Heineke because he won them games. If Zappy continued to win us games, they would have been like okay, stick with Bailey Zappy. But then after that Bears game was like okay, you got to go back to Mac now because Zappy got exposed. So. That's kind of where I was at with the Zappy thing back then. But obviously now, Mac is better. He's been playing a lot better towards the, the end of the season, which is good to see. But we still need – I think this offense still needs pieces around him in order to be – in order to be where we want to be. All right. Uh, next What's one. The next topic? Chase Your Tail says, the NFL is absolutely one – 10,000% scripted and based on storylines and revenue to accumulate the highest possible earnings every week until the Super Bowl. I sort of agree with this. Not that it's 10,000 scripted, but I feel like the NFL, when they get something, they want to help it run for as long as they can. Now, they don't go to the extremes where, oh, they make it so obvious. Like, if it happens, that's great for them for the storyline. If it doesn't happen, it's like, oh, well, we tried. But I do think they do They do script some stuff like – uh, I think it's – I I don't know if it was a hot take in, our, in one of our comments, Sam. If it is, I'm sorry. I think I might be uh, skipping before we get to him. But I saw someone – I don't know if it was in the comment or someone, but saying they fully expect the Seahawks to get screwed over and lose to the Rams, and I do too. The, yeah, the yeah. NFL is going to find a way to make – they're going to find a way to make Baker win that game to make that Sunday night game – of the Packers and the Lions important because the Seahawks win, exactly. the game loses important. They they cannot put that game on primetime and have it not have any importance. And we've seen that prior. There's been games that have been Sunday night that have importance. It's like they could have been affected by earlier games and something happens, like some some sneaky ref call happens and it costs a team the game. That's going to happen in this game in Seattle against the Rams. Well, the way I see it is is that – But I don't believe they – I don't believe they script the Super Bowl champion. I don't know. I don't think they script game. I don't think there's like a script where it goes like, okay, well, you know, obviously, like, there's no script that says Josh Allen throw a bomb to Stephon Diggs for this touchdown. Like, there's no script. Like, they're not like actors, bro. But they are, I think, in a way, I don't think it's scripted. I think it's rigged. Yes, I 100% agree with you. That's not, it's It's not not like they don't know, they don't know who's going to win the game, but they want, they're going to try to fix. Exactly. Exactly. And and the thing is, is with the Sunday night game is like it because the thing is with Seattle is if Seattle wins on Sunday, right? The Lions can't make the playoffs, even if they win. The only thing they can do is screw the Packers out of missing them or out of, out of making missing them. So like that's a game where it's like remember like last year, obviously it was like the Chargers Raiders, like win it, winning you're in, losing you're out. That was a mm-hmm. great game, one of the, one of the best games I've ever seen. But um. And then obviously the year before with the you know the whole NFC least type thing when Washington yeah. got their division at like seven and nine. There was importance there because they can clinch the division. This is for the seven seed wild card, right? In the NFC. Technically. And if Seattle wins, one team can't even get in. Where there's another game where it's Jags Titans, where I thought that would be the game because whoever wins gets the NFC South or the AFC well, South. That one's Saturday primetime, right? Saturday yes. night. But I thought that would have been the Sunday night game because you you win, you're in. If you lose, you're either – well, in the Titans' case – The Titans still have a chance. No, the Titans – the Titans – oh, no, no, you're right. No, if the Titans no, – No, if the Titans win, they have the division. 
somehow. No, yeah. No, but there's a way the Titans still make the postseason even with a loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. If we lose, if the Steelers lose and the Dolphins lose, the Titans would – I can get the seven seed or something like that. Or I, I maybe I think, I'm thinking no, of something else. But no. Because, I thought – No, because if – all those that case, oh, oh, no, no, no. No, no, yeah, my bad. If, easy to win. And then, yeah, 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 yeah. If we lose, we would need the Titans to lose. But, but either way, we will, we'll find out the outcome before our game. But even – no, because, no, we need we need Jackson. No, because the thing is, right, is Jacksonville is the team that has a chance. If 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 their things go right for them, if us, Miami, and uh, – The Cedars lose. They all lose. I believe Jacksonville would get in because of that. But I think that Tennessee, if they – the only way the Tennessee Titans are in the playoffs is if they're leading the NFC – the AFC, I keep mixing that shit up. If they're in the AFC South, winning the AFC South, because if they lose, they're seven and ten, they're out. But the Jags, even still, like if they lose, they, they sell their stock. But okay. like in this case, Detroit is just playing spoiler. If, if Seattle won, the only thing that that could happen to affect the playoff picture at that point is if Green Bay wins, and then they kick Seattle out. But then Detroit doesn't have a chance. So it makes it seem like the winner of Lions Packers is going to get the seven seed because it seems like they're screwing Seattle over in this thing. But we're being, but we're being, but we're being honest. I think that's the better outcome. I would much rather have the Packers or the Lions in the postseason. I nobody wants to see Geno Smith in the playoffs. I, I, I would honestly, I would honestly see the Packers in. I I don't mind the Lions because their their offense is fun. It is. It is. It's an underdog story. Like, I would see that, but, like, the Packers would be kind of cool because that's a team that can make a Cinderella run and shake up the playoffs, so. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely think that the, the Packers get the seventh seed. Nobody wants a piece of them because they they found their groove and the team that they are and how they want to play. And how they want to play is running the ball, killing possession, and Christian Watson has finally become the guy there for Rodgers. Like, nobody wants a piece of Green Bay. No chance. And, I mean, everyone saw what Jair did to Justin Jefferson yesterday. Yeah. No one, no one wants to face that defense anymore. And I know that I know that um, Green Bay's defense was bad at some point this season, but they figured it out. The entire team has figured it out. And meanwhile, Detroit has really figured out their identity too. Even though we traded, they traded TJ Hawkinson, we're like, okay, well, obviously this team is pretty much tanking for Victor Wenbinyama at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, that like we were kind of just like we we're kind of like saying like why would they trade him away and you know who well who, because who, they who have a better tight end yeah and then but right. they've had they've had like a three tight end look kind of like what Seattle does but they they kind of just like they kind of like use different tight ends and formations and just kind of find them like the the touchdown game yeah the the Giants game they uh. I mean, I'm talking about the the Seahawks here, but like the they use their tight ends to the advantages of the opponents. So like the right. the Jets game, you're not going to test Sauce in the corners. What they do, they threw the tight ends all day and tested the the linebackers and the safeties. Right. They never yeah. tested the sticks. No, the, the receivers for the Seahawks weren't even looked at for most of the game. But DK had some wide open targets, and Geno just kind of sailed them. But um, yeah, I mean. Like the, like I said, like they they like to use different tight ends to get them involved. But I what was the hot take again that the the NFL is scripted? Yeah, 
He said 10,000% well, scripted. My final claim to that is it's not scripted, it's rigged. All right, okay, then. The next one is Bronco's fan page says Russ is good, and I promise it's not me. Um, I agree. Russ is good. I I just think he like like we were talking about Wentz. It was just the character that I think just rubbed some of the people the wrong way. Because he's and even at that, he's still kind of respecting like that in that locker room. And Russ even understood it. In fact, coming out I think a couple of days ago saying that he's gonna take time to change on it, work on his character, and work more with his teammates. And I think if if Russ does that change and you go out there and get him the right coach, I, I think he can bounce back. Now, am I thinking we're going to see top 10 Russ again? I don't know about that. But we could see someone that's a top 15 quarterback around the 14 to 17 range, which, which is better than what we've seen of Russ this year. But I don't I, – I just – I can't – I don't think that Russ literally went from top 10 quarterback to garbage and there goes his career. I do think this can be fixed and saved. Go get him the right coach. He's already also understood that he's a bit of the problem and he's willing to work. The team, the teammates seem to love him and respect him because they were out there defending him. So that's a good sign when at least your teammates haven't turned on you despite of your bad play. Unlike the, the commanders, all the commanders didn't speak it. You could tell by their emotion and their play, they would have much rather had Heineke out there. So I do agree. Russ is still good. I, I wouldn't... I can't say he's good or bad because yeah, I, I need to know. see some more from him without Hackett. But what I can say is I still do believe he can be good. I think for me anyway, like I've been shitting on Russell Watt this year. For good reason, he's been horrible. Oh, but but um, <laughs> as like I've been saying it, like there's times where you can see that a quarterback has talent without looking at the touchdown interception ratio or looking at advanced stats. You can still see that Russell Wilson can move around. He still has a decent arm. He still has a good arm, actually. He can still get it down there. But at the end of the day, because his stats are so horrible, it, it's it's easy enough for people to say, oh, this guy's horrible. But I think what what needs to be done is I think you need to maximize Russell Wilson's mobility. It feels like he the, the only sort of mobility Russ has this year is rolling out 10 yards back and just getting sacked or throwing a stupid ball that gets picked off. Or like we saw it in the Chiefs game. I'm pretty sure he ran it in for a t- like he he ran like a 25 yard touchdown and like a read option. So if you get his mobility involved a little bit, kind of a little bit of a Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts mix a little bit with his mobility because he can still run, you might still have a decent offense. You, you still might have a good offense. I think you have decent enough receivers. I think Judy's really good. I don't think he's had the right quarterback yet, but I still think he's good. Sutton's not horrible. Greg Dulcich isn't horrible. But you gotta you gotta fix the coaching because it's it's been haunting the Broncos for years now with horrible coaching. You gotta fix that before you even worry about Russ being good again. With the right coach, everything will happen and fall into place. Kind of like the Giants, like Daniel Jones. We all shouted him for the last three years, and this year I don't. I still wouldn't say he's good, but he's not horrible. He's good. No, he's good. He's good. He's good. I even think when he was bad, he wasn't even bad. He was just good. I'd say right now he's. He's better he's he's than good. He, he's, he, he, good. He, he, he's had a good game. He, I would, I look, Because they've used – Brian Dable – yes, Brian Dable is a smart guy. And he's using Daniel Jones' strengths to, yes. to exactly. what it can work. 
And that's exactly why this Giants team has flipped is because Dayball saw the team and he said, let's, let's, let's use our strengths here. Let's get this team going at, with the strengths. And I still don't know if they're going to make a run in the playoffs, but it's definitely a great start for this Giants team with Brian Dayball. I think, I don't know if we're going to do this later on in our, like, I don't know if we're going to do this as a pod later on, but I want to like rank head coaching hires at some point. Like, like okay. maybe after the season ends, like I kind of want to do that just to kind of like kind of show you exactly what I'm talking about with like new coaches. But um, yeah, we can. Yeah, I mean, with, with the new coach, Russell Wilson could still be pretty good. I think. All right. What's our next hot take, Sam? Mark Norman is the goat. Says Justin Fields is an elite quarterback. I know we'll mm-hmm. probably say yes, but no, he's no, 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 no. He's he's borderline elite. What? I think he's close to there. Yes, I would say elite is top, top five, top seven. He's not. There. I think I would say I would say top. I I don't know because the, I mean, where do you currently is, rank? Where do you rank Justin Fields currently? Not top ten. To me, I think he, he's around eleven to thirteen. I would not I'd put no. I'd put him more than that. I'd have to fill out a ranking, but Justin Fields is good at running. Like this is this is kind of like my this is what my Jalen Hurts argument was. Yes, yeah, and Jalen Hurts was nowhere near top ten last week. Yes. Yeah, but we didn't see. But but he's played better than Jalen Hurts looked like last year. And to and also Jalen Hurts' team, yes, Jalen Hurts' team last year is way better than what Fields has currently in Chicago. No, no, no. Yes, completely agree. I'm not saying anything. I I don't know. I wouldn't say he's playing better. I would say that he's running better than Jalen Hurts was last no, year. No, even even throwing man, he has a good, he has a way better arm, and he's making it work with the. At least he's making the offense at least work a bit with this. He, he gets, he gets like 50 pass yards a game. He's not a good – He's not really goal. making it work. I think that it will work if you give him weapons. Like, wait, sorry. I'm sorry, but if you can complete a pass with those bum receivers, you deserve a lot of credit. Yeah, there is no bum. He is a bum. We he's literally – there's a, a little – there's a podcast of us celebrating when he was traded. You literally started playing the song. No, no, you literally started playing the song. There's a bum among us here, and it is Nikhil Harry. But I wouldn't, I'm not going to call him elite. I think he has the tools to be. I I didn't call him elite either. He's borderline. Yeah, I I wouldn't call him elite. I think think he's got the potential, though. I think he has the potential to be really good if they surround him with weapons because he has to get better in the pass game. He's already great in the run. Eberflus has really allowed him to take off in that regard, but I still need to see more from the passing. So, sure, man. These guys like like Lamar and Justin Fields just can never get the respect because of a certain thing. No, Lamar's a good passer. Yeah, Lamar's an elite quarterback. Yeah, but trust me, it took people a while to say that, even when he showed flashes of it. Nah, MVP, Showing flashes isn't enough. Yeah, it is. Does so it work for Buffalo? After, like during his MVP year, I was saying that he was he was a elite quarterback because he was. It's like Patrick Mahomes. It's like he he was elite his rookie year or his second year technically, but first year starter. Yeah, but I'm not saying that Fields is elite. I just think he's borderline. He's close to making. I want to go get him an elite receiver and watch him take that next jump 
Who? Wait, it's gonna be. It's you, gonna be better than Hurts. What? Yes, I, I I see that. But like, what do you what do you consider elite though? Like, I don't know. Like, what you're like? Do you think he's a top ten quarterback right now? No. Okay. Look. So let me tell you my my top my elite quarterbacks. Obviously, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert, Brady, Rogers. Okay. Um. So that how many did I name there? How many did I name there? Six. I don't think. All right. So, oh, seven. Seven. Lamar. Lamar. Seven with Lamar. And then, so then my eight to like thirteen is you've got uh you've got Dak, you've got Hurts, you've got Lawrence, you've got Fields, borderline elite. I wouldn't even say that all the seven guys you named were elite. You not? I would stop at, I would say Mahomes. I would say Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, maybe Rodgers. I wouldn't say Burrow. You wouldn't say Burrow or Herbert. Burrow. I wouldn't. I would say borderline with them. Haven't you been like like defending Burrow so much this season that you're not going to come? I don't like Burrow. I I hate Burrow. You were talking so good about him this year. He's better. Than, I, he's better than I've I've been arguing that he's better than Herbert. He's been better than Herbert this year, but like like I said, they're still both Bro. elite quarterbacks. Talent wise, they are still elite because of the arms that they possess. Elite. I would say the three are elite. Burrow is elite. I'm only, if I couldn't have Mahomes, Burrow is the quarterback I want for my franchise. Honestly, if I couldn't I'm have Mahomes, honestly though, because I know Tom Brady's dealt with like, a lot of like line issues this year, but like. I Tom's been having phenomenal, huh? despite what he's despite what he's dealt with. Tom is actually having a really good year. You go look at the numbers and the stats; he's been really good. Yeah, no, I, I'm not saying like yeah, he's still like, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. But like, I feel like that'd be the one I kick out. I know Tom's really good, but like the thing is, is that, I don't know, I don't know. He's yeah, he's literally throws. It's like okay, well, he's literally gonna toss. 5,000 yards next year and almost 40 touchdowns, maybe even over 40 when he's a Raider. There you go. De- De- Devontae Adams is going to break Randy Moss's record. 22 touchdowns. All right, we going on to the next one here. Yes, Michael Ray Smith, 33, says Chris Ballard is the worst GM in the league. Nope. He just has to deal with the, one of the worst owners in the league that kind of runs the decisions. Chris Ballard's a good GM. He's a smart GM. He he's made great picks for this team. Like this team, it was. A, it's kind of depl- might be a bit depleted now, but like for the past two three years, he's built a roster that was ready to win a Super Bowl. Unfortunately, their quarterback had enough that he retired. Like if Andrew Luck doesn't retire, the Colts for at least two of those two years would have been Super Bowl contenders. That team was ready to win. They finally had built around now. If anything. We could trash on him that I don't think he hasn't been able to find the perfect receiver. They are still in needing of a wide receiver one. I know Pittman's good, Pittman's but good, but he's not a receiver one. I agree. Yeah, they need somebody else. That's where you could argue that uh, he hasn't really found the receiver one. But he's made good moves. I just Jim Mercy's so impulsive. Like Ballard didn't want to move off Wentz that quickly. Ursay's the one that forced them to. I don't think they should have either. They were they, like, yes, they had one bad game in Jacksonville. When was the last time they won a game in Jacksonville, though? Like, it, it's, it's, and it's one of those things where it's like you looked at that game and it was like, okay, well, yeah, he didn't play good. But the thing is, is like, we're not, we're, are we going to forget about the games where he was sold? Like that Baltimore game where he tossed 400 yards and four touchdown passes. 
and then the defense and Rodrigo Blankenship shank kicks and missed out on opportunities. No, there's no, there's no saying that he was like, like what happened there. What happened in that Tampa game where they were up by two touchdowns and then Tom Brady and the and the boys just stormed back and beat them. I don't know. Exactly. I mean, they, they, if they win any of those games, they're in the playoffs. But because they lost the Jacksonville game, it's just oh, it's all oh, it's on Wentz. It's like they, they, no, they, you should have stuck with him. He's had a decent year. He was good for the offense, and t- the people actually liked him there. Like he was respected yeah. in the indie locker room. Like, like, like there yeah. were and there were some Colts fans that even were not in agreement with the moves, despite how how sometimes he may have pissed them off. There were some Colts fans that like we should have just sticked with Wentz, considering how their season has turned out so far. Yeah, and if he was bad, then you go that road. Like they, it's just one of those things. So they, it threw the entire offense off. Like Matt Ryan, yes, we all, I I thought he was good, but it was like. And yes, I, like I thought that like that Falcons O line kind of sold him with that Colts offensive line. He'd be in a better situation because you know he's Matt Ryan. He, he was an MVP, um, and he still wasn't even horrible in Atlanta. But it was just like, like after the season started, I was like, maybe this this isn't gonna work because JT wasn't effective on the ground. The offensive line regressed, which it, it started to regress last year, but no one talks about that. Okay, Sam, what about you? Do you think Chris no. Ballard is a because I'm trying Bill to, Belichick I'm trying to is a GM? That's true, but I, I don't even know. Is it Bill that's the worst? Or let's see. Who, Obviously, who coaching wise, no. no, but just straight up GM, I'd say Bill is the worst. No, there's got to be worse than Bill, honestly, because Bill has his he has his his low key. Sometimes he has his couple W's. It's kind of like time where where Kime makes terrible moves, but there's been some moves where like mm, that's a low key W for Kime. No. I mean, Bill. Bill does good moves. Like, draft-wise, Bill makes great moves. No, but, like, no, Bill but is even amazing they, at the end and awful at the front. Like, yeah. No, yeah. There, there's, like, there's Dogger, some like, good... That's a crazy fucking pick right there. There, There's some traits that where, you're, where Bill is like, you're like, well, that's a fleece by Bill, and he's kind of won the deals. So, like, he's, he's got his low-key deals. I forget his name. Fucking... Steve Kime. Yeah. No, Steve Kime's not the worst because Team Kime made the, he... the big... The, he made the greatest decision that most GMs would have never made. When a GM drafts a guy and he's not good the first year, it's hard for them to admit it and move off of the guy. Yeah. Kind of you. Yeah. Kyler Murray was so special, I have to move off and get this guy. And that's exactly what he did, which he deserves credit for that. I mean, yeah, but not he many, not, fucking... not many GMs would have done that. Oh, that was more, I think, as a sign, like, to tell off Kyler because they were pissed off with him, which either way they're going to get out of it because there's no way Cliff is going to be their coach next year. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of a worse GM, because like, like a couple, like before last offseason, I would easily say Trent Baalke of the Jags, but his moves have actually worked really yeah, well. Yeah, he did good. So I don't think, also, like, like before that, I was like, okay, Howie Roseman's got to be the worst GM. But he's also Howie Roseman has made good moves. He just has had a couple of draft whiffs that make people hate him. No, no, no. And exactly. the fact, and the fact that when 20, it was after the 2020 draft, where it was like, okay, you tried this, like because it was. He had like a dry spell where it's like he drafted like however many players he drafted, and like only one of them have been like a Pro Bowl or an All Pro team. That was Wentz. But then, like after that, it was like he like you showed off his like draft resume, and you're like, holy shit, how did this guy miss so many times? But he's definitely redeemed himself over the last two years, so it's not him anymore. Great GM, Howie Roseman. I would. Let's see who who is a bad general manager. Like I'm trying to. Well, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go division. So in our division, 
Obviously, it's none of them. Well, Bill is being Bill is in consideration, but the rest of them are all good. Yeah, because uh, Joe the, Douglas, Joe Douglas, it's, around. it's him. Yeah. Um, the, the Dolphins guy is pretty good too, and yep. uh, Brandon Bean is good for the Bills. Yep. Um, then we go to the AFC North. The Bengals GM has kind of hit it. Um, recently he's been good. Steelers GM, who's there? I mean, they've struggled at O line. Could he be a consideration? He could be. Because they don't move off um, plays in there. Oh, did this guy, this guy gets hated a lot by his fans. Although he's he's made like some W's here or there. The Ravens one gets a lot of hate, but I mean he got Roquan Smith. Costa has been a good GM. The thing is, Ravens fans hate him. Lamar Jackson, yeah. Well, because he hasn't extended Lamar. Well, I remember they also hated him for they're like, "Why are you taking long? Get Roquan Smith! Oh, you're a terrible GM!" And then he finally gets him. But they're like, why do you take so long to get Roquan Smith? Um, oh, and also, I, also they were they were mad when he gave us Sean Wade. <laughs> yep. Um, I mean, all right, new new hot take: Sean Wade doesn't exist. <laughs> oh, dude, literally was gonna get his first opportunity, and where was he? Then what else is in the AFC North? The Browns gym. I'm I mean, he, I am Sean Wade at this point. <laughs> what about the Browns GM? Sean Wade. <laughs> you know Cleveland's GM, Matt? Huh? Cleveland's GM? Andrew Barry. Uh he's he's weird. I think that he's he's gotten a squad together. They just haven't been able to Oh, Baker Mayfield was holding them back last year this year. They're starting to win games, even though John's not really playing great. But I know who would have counted. Uh Tennessee's GM, but he got fired. Because it's been yeah. a sense he's only yep. good because of Vrabel, not because he assembled a good roster. Yeah. It's because of Vrabel's yeah. coaching. Ario hasn't been horrible with the team he's had. Who's the Broncos uh, GM? Oh, it's George Patton, that new guy. He actually he could get hate because he's already whiffed on two moves for this team already. He's yeah. fell on the coach twice and the quarterback. Yeah, quarterback. A although, few times. yeah, although people could say that it's John Elway, but. John O'Wee, I think. And also also consideration, the Panthers general manager should be in consideration. Okay. But Falcons have kind of hit the reset button. Bears have hit it. I don't know about Ryan Poles yet. It seems to be solid except for the Claypool move. Falcons Falcons guys get solid too, that Terry Farrafont dude. Yep. Uh, Jason Lee for the Bucks is good. He's good, but he's put him in cap hell. Yeah, but the thing but he, is, he he's got he's got players there. They just haven't performed because of coaching and other shit. They and they're starting Andy Dalton at quarterback. But so now you think about it, is there really a bad GM outside of maybe just building a couple of his whiffs? Um, it's the NFC North, the Packers GM, Love Kiss. I think, I guess no, because for me it depends on what. You consider a bad general manager because there's because so, every general manager is in a situation where, okay, commanders. Yeah, that's one. That's one of them. But um, like some are in a situation where they need to rebuild. Some are in a position where they're going to contend. That's because it depends on what you're trying to do. So it, like, it's kind of hard to see like who's the worst GM. But I don't think it's Chris Ballard. We can move on. Okay, next up we got. Um, this one's kind of like the one we did earlier. Russell Wilson is going to win a Super Bowl in a year or two. All the haters are going to switch back to riding his nutsack. I don't think that's going to happen, but 
we'd have to see like what other moves they make during the run with him. But if, I'm, if we're saying within the next two years, because we don't know what they're really going to do, I'm going to say no. But maybe I change my mind a couple years if they make moves that I'm like, you know what, this could maybe finally work and they could win the Super Bowl. First and foremost, you need a coach that can get them there. Second and second of all, you don't even know if Russell Wilson's gonna be there in two years. Like I think that I don't think he's gonna be there in two years. You think you think that they're stuck with him. They they are stuck with him unless they just cut him and say, Fuck you, get the hell off our team, we're gonna rebuild. But like I don't I don't know what you're going to I, I don't know, 'cause they they have to they have to upgrade the coach and honestly at this point. You might have to – Yeah, I don't know if you're just a quarterback and a coach away anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it's like I, – I feel like there's still other problems. With this Their team defense is great. They got pretty good weapons. I just – but, no, but they it could, doesn't yeah, – If they get a – if they yeah. have – if they had, let's say, I don't know, fucking Mike Rabel on that team, they're a Super Bowl team. Mm. I don't even know about that because – because Rabel had Rabel's the reason Rabel's team has has been successful is that they have a pretty good offensive line and a great run game and I don't know if Denver actually even has a great run game that he can work with because uh, Rabel has just forget about Rabel Rabel. Has they had Derek a good Henry. coach they had they are a Super Bowl team I don't I don't think so because I I think that because this Denver team in my opinion even like depending on who you put at quarterback or coach this team has never had an identity like Tennessee does. Well, so, I think there's only one coach that they'd have high chances of winning the Super Bowl with, and that's if Bill Belichick became their coach. Because you put Bill with that talent, you've got a shot at the Super Bowl. Teams with Super Bowl contenders need an identity, and Denver doesn't have an identity. They have to find an identity, and once they find an identity, they can be really good. But until then, I don't think so. Because I, I think they have good players. They have great players. Sertain, Simmons, um, they traded away Chubb, but they got a first round pick. They could get someone there, but they I got Jacob Martin. Yeah, he's he's okay. Man. He's not bad. But, and then I'll mention how how else are they going to add to it when they've lost most of their picks to the Seahawks? And not only not only add to it, they lost most of their cap space by signing Russell Wilson to that massive contract because uh, that was caps because cap space they had before was because they never really figured out the quarterback position. And now they think that they figured out the quarterback position. So you give Russell Wilson all this money, and he's not that good. So you've got to figure something out there. But until until I really see that Russell Wilson improves, and the coaching improves, and you know maybe maybe even the all around talent in this roster, maybe another stud. I don't know. I don't see, especially in that stacked division too. Like they might not. They might. When are they going to make it out of that division? Who even knows? Never, especially with Tom going there. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. If the Raiders get Tom Param up with Devontae, bro, that's gonna be fucking scary. That's good. And be against scary. against Mahomes and Herbert twice a year. That's yeah, that's tough. And then on top of that, I mean, at least for the Denver Broncos, you're probably looking at at least next year anyway, you're looking at getting the last place team in every not to mention uh uh Herbert and Ecker would no longer be the best quarterback running back pass catching duo. It would be Tom and Bolden. Yeah. <laughs> Before we before we move on, like I just wanna I kinda wanna say shout out to Josh McDaniels for getting the Raiders in New England, bro, with that sit up Bolden backfield. Don't forget Jakob at the fullback. And then of course, of course, how could we forget Harvey Langy was playing significant snaps <laughs> on the defensive side of the ball? <laughs> Wait, he's on the Raiders? 
Yeah, he's <laughs> they got him off for practice squad. They got him off for practice squad, like on the day they cut car. They they cut car or bench car, but kind of cut because the dude the dude dissociated himself from the team. Yeah, I was just saying they didn't just cut him. Like, who's gonna pick him up off waivers? All right, Sam. What's next? Next one we got is Bill Belichick should be fired. No, absolutely not. Look, yeah, Bill makes a couple calls that get us like, oh, Bill, like, oh, you should be fired for that, and it pisses us off. But let's be honest here. We would not be in playoff contention if, if Bill Belichick was not our head coach. We, I don't even know if this team, this coaching staff, this roster wins four games without Bill Belichick. The fact that it has eight wins and it has a shot at the postseason – it's just because of him. I mean, you think about the the, two, the 2020 team, that COVID uh, year, when all those guys opted out. Like, we won seven games and could have won nine if Cam doesn't get stuffed at the one by the Seahawks and he doesn't fumble against Buffalo. And we probably would have been a playoff team that year too. Like, Bill, the Pats would be way worse without Bill Belichick. He should not be fired. Now, should they fire Bill Belichick to GM? That's a discussion that we could have. But coaching, keep Bill as, as the coach. Like I said, Bill needs to wake up or Kraft needs to tell him, tell bearded dude out of the building, tell I ran a QB sneak on third and nine out of the building and get an actual offensive coordinator. Um, Get somebody else to help you scout freaking receivers because why in the world can we not scout one with talent? Like have have someone get us an actual playmaker. Yeah, but like I still don't think he – I like – like I'd, I'd much rather prefer Jordan Addison over Taekwon. Now, doesn't mean I want Taekwon gone, but like having Taekwon like the number two to like a Jordan Addison or a JSN, like go get him, go get us an p- actual playmaker. But yeah, build a gym. We can discuss on that, but I, I still think build a coach is still really good. I still contend yeah. that he's the best coach. And at worst, because of the fact that the Patriots don't make the play, or the, because they're losing so many games, I don't think he's under three. He's still that guy. No other coach in the league is doing what he's doing with this roster. No other coach in NFL history is doing what he's doing with this roster. There is I mean, no dude, literally, dude beat, stop Tyreek Hill with Miles Bryant, Tay Hayes, and some other bum from the practice squad. Yeah, but, okay, here's, here's, my, here's my thing, right? I think Bill is still a great coach, right? Like, obviously, what he does is impeccable. Like, he still, he hasn't lost it, but the thing is, Here's my argument to why I think it, that hot take isn't like I think it can be considered right. If New England this year is going to finish like for example, like if we were to lose to Buffalo whenever that game gets played, um, mm-hmm. right? We're eight and nine. We're out of the playoffs, right? So unless 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 uh, what do you call it? unless Miami loses to the Jets, but even if you're in, right? You're eight and nine. You're seventeen. You probably get stunned. You probably get fucking killed by the Chiefs, probably. Um, uh, we match up with the Chiefs. If, if the Texans could push them, we could push them. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I agree. But still, it's it's one of those things where if you're going to rebuild, if you're going to commit to a rebuild, which I don't see us doing because we're not like we're in a position right now where it's like, okay, well, you can't necessarily tear down the team unless. Unless you fire Bill, because Bill's not gonna want to tear down a team, get bums after bums, and just tank. Like that's not that's not what Bill's gonna do. 
And on top of that, if we want to rebuild, Bill, Bill is not the coach to rebuild a team because we'll always just be mediocre enough and we'll just get 15th overall picks every time, which, you know, and eventually we're going to bottom out, but it's just going to be one of those things where why do it then when you can do it now? But, I, I don't want to tank, so I'm not I'm, – I'm with Ramon. Don't fire Bill. No, no, no. I, I, I don't think he should be fired, but I'm saying that um, – He's saying that it, because of how we kind of are, it's kind of like we're like – we're just yeah, stuck, yeah, no, and no, we can't. Tank. I don't. We can't tank because Bill is. It feels more for the yeah, coach. I don't want to tank. I don't see why we would tank. But the thing is, tank. with the way that we keep ending our seasons, we sort of kind of have to if it's just going to be that like sucks. this every single year. Yeah, because we're basically so, we're basically agree. Jeff Fisher and the Rams, but we make the playoffs. That's technically what we are. <laughs> yeah, honestly, but it's just, it's one of those things where it's like if you want to rebuild. You gotta, you gotta start fresh. You have to, you have to start fresh. That's what it is, because Bill is going to be too good of a coach to where he's not gonna like. We're not gonna be able to properly rebuild because we're not gonna trade everybody. We're not going to. And, and honestly, uh, if, if we uh, if we did decide to rebuild, it, Kraft said we're done. Bill, we want to rebuild. Kraft, there's a way to start the rebuild off and. I know we would probably hate to see it for 17 weeks, but it just had to be 17 more weeks, guys. Matt Patricia becomes the head coach for one year, and he oh, gets us the number one pick, and we get Caleb Williams. There you go. But it's one of those things that, you know, I, I wouldn't want Matt Patricia – in order to kickstart a rebuild, I don't want Matt Patricia anywhere near my team. Holy shit. I, cause, cause, for one season, just to help you get the number one pick, though. But like, okay, but even if you're trying to get like the number one pick, like, you can like, for example, like the Chicago Bears, right? Like, yeah, they're bad, but they're seeing improvement out of younger players on the team that are stepping up. Justin Fields' improvement. Um, you know, obviously, some young guys in the defense are like uh, young guys all around are starting to step up a little bit and show like why they want to be there, kind of thing for the long haul. Why they can be important. But you can't, like, I don't know if Matt Patricia is that type of guy or we don't really have a type of team to say, okay, we have, like, a few young guys, but, like, obviously Uche broke out, trying to, like, and Duggar's obviously really good. Like, we have a few guys that we can go into the future with, but you want to see some improvement with guys. Yes, you want to see some improvement with guys that are already on your roster before in tank then, and then hopefully the guys improve. You're still bad enough to where you can get a good pick and then pick someone good that's going to help you in the long haul, right? And then you spend in free agency once you have a young core. But if we're not doing that, why would we fire Bill? All right. Next up, we got Chicago Bears are a trust fund for the McCaskies and not a franchise that care about winning. I agree. No. Trust fund is John Henry and the Boston Red Sox. I think I think that that was the case with the Matt Nagy led Chicago Bears. I think we're starting to see their willingness to rebuild. Yeah, I would have said yes last year. Yes. This year, I would still probably. Well, I don't know if I. Say I, I no, I, I still. Let's look. Here's where we're going to find out if they're really serious about this team. You already saw the uh, that your quarterback took the jump, that you may have the right coach. You have the most cap space in the NFL. Go show that you're actually trying to no longer be like what this guy is saying right now. Well, we're going to find out this offseason. 
I think, yeah, yeah. I agree. Like, kind of like the like, Jacksonville situation last year, where it's like, you or Bill, when guys. Bill bought for us after that season, the COVID year, we were like, all right, what's Bill's direction? He went out there and he bought us the players. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Bye. Next up, we have uh, Brian Flores is a better coach than Mike. Oh, I saw that. I saw that. Um, that, you know what? I coach, agree. yeah, coach, yeah. Um, but was getting Mike McDaniel's a perfect thing for at least Tua? That's the obvious answer because Brian Flores is a defensive dude, but Brian Flores is the better coach. But if you want wanted this offense to get rolling, at least with a quarterback like Tua, you had to get uh, Mike McDaniel's on this team. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And I agree that Flores is the better coach. However, Mike McDaniel, I, I'm starting I don't know if I believe in him as much as I previously did. Because yeah, he was cool, but I don't know. Because it because he hasn't like in this game in this losing streak that Miami's on, what has he done to change the offense around? He's he's been because teams obviously figured out the tool loves to throw over the middle. That's where he makes his money. So once teams figured that out, it seemed like there was no adjustment to the game plan. Like, why aren't we seeing screen passes? Why aren't we seeing quick passes with your quick receivers? Why, like, yeah, like we're starting to see most get more involved. But like, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing enough change in this Miami offense for a team that's lost five, lost five games straight. And I think that has to do with coaching. Okay. All right. Next one. Next up, the NFL will do anything to put the Chiefs. To push the Chiefs, also NFL refs can do, can can and do make calls to dictate the uh, outcome of the game. We we already agreed with that part of the refs. As for the Chiefs, as for the Chiefs, that's not true. The Chiefs coming back has nothing to do with the refs. It's just Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the talent of this team. Like they go, this is a team that can go down, but. It's not bad because they have the talent and the coaching to be able to overcome it. It's not crazy that they're able to do this. This isn't, oh, the NFL helping them, though. They're just that damn good that they can afford it. They've shown it to us for years since Mahomes has been there. So that's not the NFL helping them. I agree and disagree. I think the NFL would love for the Chiefs to become the next dynasty. Oh, yeah, obviously. I think the Chiefs can do it without the NFL's help. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that, but I also agree with the fact that the refs are a little bit – because obviously you want to see your marketable teams do well in the grand scheme of things because that's what helps the business grow. So if you so you see a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, you see a team of Chiefs that is super marketable, you're obviously going to make sure that they do as well as humanly possible in order to enhance your product. Like if the Chiefs are bad, it's like what the hell are you – like you don't have anything else besides – I mean you have other teams obviously, but like – the Chiefs are probably the most marketable team in the NFL right now. So, mm. in a way, you can, you can market Cincinnati. Everybody loves Joe Burrow. Yeah, you, can, you, you can market a few teams, but you, you the good the teams have good markets. It's just I think the Chiefs are a, the are the most marketable team in the NFL right now. You have the best player well, in the NFL, and almost everybody loves him. Mm-hmm. I know Joe Burrow. <laughs> okay. okay. Anyway, Timmy Acker says Mac Jones would be portrayed as a top five quarterback if he was the if he was a quarterback for the Eagles. No, but easily I we ran, we ranked Mac last year for his rookie year at fifteen, right? 
I think it would he would he would probably be like a ten to twelve quarterback with this Eagles offense. Probably I, I, think, I, think you, I think he would be just where Jalen just like Jalen Hurts, like where everybody's like No, because I, Hurts I think, ranks Hurts ranks a bit higher. I think Mac would just be like maybe two or three spots below him, but still really good. Mac would look like how he did at Alabama when he had actual weapons and offensive line and time to throw and good offensive play calls. That's what he'd look like. And to me that's that, that's what Kirk Cousins has always been around the, the 10 to 13 range of quarterbacks. Yes. No, I, I agree and disagree at the same time because I think that Kirk – I think if you would say the Vikings, it would have been a legitimate argument because of the talent they have in the offense they run. But Philly is more of that RPO. What Alabama love to run. Take it, but it's the, the RPO takeoff. Oh, take man, my bad, my bad, yeah. RP, yeah. I'm thinking about so, a different play. No. Well, no, Alabama. Alabama was that was with Mac anyway. It was an offense where they love to, they love yeah. to keep blockers back and kind of just give Mac as much time as humanly possible. Like the tight ends blocked most of the game. Like like Alabama would probably have like eight blockers protecting Mac Jones during that time. Well, I mean, but, Bellingsley sucked. He couldn't catch the ball, so might as well just block. Yeah, no, I agree, but it's also one of those things in Philly where Jalen Hurts is a massive part of that offense because of his ability to run. I think that A.J. Brown would help Mac Jones' development, no doubt. But I think what the Eagles like to do with Hurts, I think you're missing when you put Mac Jones out on that team. So for that, I don't think he'll be top five. I think he'll be better. I think he'd be better, but not top five. I 100% agree with that. And the thing isn't that he would be top five. It's that he'd be portrayed as top five. I don't think he would be portrayed because too many people hate court. Because if that were the case, then Kirk Cousins would be getting that. Kirk Cousins only gets that from like Viking fans, but like other NFL fans are understand that Kirk Cousins is also doing this greatly because he has a Justin Jefferson on his team. So they they'd be giving Mac the same slack. They'd be saying, "Oh, he he's like ten, twelve, or thirteen around there." While the fans, us probably us Patriot fans, or some of us, I know me and Matt wouldn't, but like you, you'd probably be saying he's top five. All right, next one. Right, next one is some bum named Zach Daniels. <laughs> Josh Allen will never win a Super Bowl because he finds a way to lose every big close game. I don't think he's the reason that they find a way. Sometimes he is, but I think I kind of agree with Zach. I think he might – everybody says that Herbert's going to be the Marino of this generation. I think Josh Allen might become that. I just – there's something in Buffalo that they just can't seem to win because, I mean – the past two years, they've had the team to go out and win, and they just seem to. Like, I still don't even think with the moves they've made that I would trust them to go beat Kansas City in the postseason. I don't even think they can beat Cincinnati in the postseason. And if Miami's able to do like me and Matt have predicted, get Lamar on their team, they're not beating Miami's offense with Lamar Jackson in the postseason. If Tom Brady goes to the Raiders, they're not beating the Raiders in the postseason. I I. I kind of agree. I think Josh Allen might go out with no ring. And if he does, I don't think he gets more than one. But it's going to be a struggle. They'll probably run the AFCs for a long time. But I kind of agree. I don't think they're going to win. Something tells me that they just – there's something that doesn't allow the Bills to win. I agree and he, he, yeah. does have his mo- he does have his moments where you're like, he's blown it for them. Or sometimes like the game against the Chiefs last year, his defense allowed Mahomes to score in 13 seconds. Right. Yeah, I yeah, think that I, I think with Allen, I think a massive part of the reason why 
the team doesn't win and why and it, there's two reasons for that is number one clock management is piss poor with that team because like people have to say oh Josh Allen like like he can't keep the ball for more than however long but well it's they like, can't run the ball either so they can't run time exactly of possession that's what I was getting to is that this team has no other choice because your best running back is Josh Allen so you have Devin Singletary, who's really not that good. James Cook looks better, but like it's not. He's not. I don't know if he's really the guy just yet. They hope he can be, but I don't know if he's that. Guy. He'll not. He will not be as good as his brother. Uh, but it, yeah, doesn't as as, it doesn't matter if he's as good as, as his brother. It just matters if you can depend on him to pick up a first down in the clutch. So, just because some guys aren't built like Rex Burkhead. There you go. All right, Patrick Mahomes makes Andy Reid look better than he actually is. No, Ooh. I slightly agree with it. I don't I think like, he... and I don't think Andy Reid without Mahomes would be bad. I just think he looks slightly well, better. I I slightly agree because I used to be in that in that that farm that I would never get all this hype for Andy Reid and like yeah he's a good coach he's not bad but like his teams never really had success in the big ones and then he got Mahomes. And you're and you know damn well that the only reason he has a Super Bowl is because he got a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes on his team. Okay. And and I know you can say that argument for all a lot of the great coaches that oh well most of the great coaches have had great quarterbacks. That's true. But I just think that there's other coaches that would have more success with a worse quarterback than Andy Reid. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let me. Look. I, all right. I missed. I, and I. Point. Okay. What's up? Um, yeah, I was going to say, Andy also gives – it's like how I said with Sean McVay that I don't really think – like Sean McVay is obviously a smart offensive coach and all that. He's good, but I don't think he's as great as people make him out to be, him and Andy Reid. Like they're they're good coaches, obviously top five, top four – I mean top five, and Andy Reid's probably two – or actually, no, probably three. I, I think – like I said, I, I still think Belichick is better than him, and I think – you all know my love for Kyle Shanahan. I think Kyle Shanahan is better than him. But yeah, Mahomes makes Reed better than what most of the media is making out. Because people are already saying that if Reed wins all these Super Bowls, he could have a claim for the GOAT over Belichick. Oh. There's some but, people that think he already has it over Belichick. That's wild. But um, I, I misinterpreted the question when I first hear it. I thought you were like, I thought he was implying that Andy Reed is a bad coach, which I realized now that that wasn't the question. Because I was gonna say, like, he still made a Super Bowl. He still made a Super Bowl in Philadelphia without Mahomes. He had Don McNabb, who was no slouch, but he's obviously not Mahomes. Um, and then with Alex Smith, that team was pretty good for a while. He really changed what the Chiefs did over there for a while because the Chiefs were a laughing stock for a while without Andy Reid. So obviously, Andy Reid changed what they did with Alex Smith, with you know Tyreek Hill getting there, Travis Kelsey. But um, a few other stalwarts that they had, Eric Berry for a while. Like they just they he he gets good players there and he gets the best out of them. He's a great coach. Obviously, Mahomes is going to make him look better because Mahomes is the best player in the NFL at the league's most important position in the NFL. The league's most important position, my fault. But Andy Reid is still a great coach. We can't take that away from him. At all. I think the Alex Smith stuff when he had him. That that just tells the whole story about why this take is actually correct. By is it Zach that said it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he had Alex Smith. Remember, they would always start off like undefeated, and then they always blew it in the postseason. Yeah, 
Yes. And then he gets, and then he gets Mahomes, and he um he unfortunately had to meet Tom in the AFC Championship, which we did get a bit lucky with D Ford lining up offside. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Um, but yeah, like Mahomes literally changes this Chiefs team, and he deserves a lot of the credit for it. Yeah, yeah, for getting them over the hump, absolutely. But I think that you know Andy Reid is still able to change the outlook of this Chiefs team before Mahomes even got there, which is that's what I'm saying. Like he, yes, obviously Mahomes is going to make Andy Reid look better, but Andy Reid is still a good coach before Mahomes got there. Let's not get that twisted. All right, we good. Going on to the next one. Next we have Jamal Williams is clearly better than DeAndre Swift. No, who said that? That yes. What is the DeAndre Swift hate? He thinks that he he's not a good. Uh, he doesn't have good field vision. He's right. About I mean, that. yeah. I mean, champ. But I mean, he's still producing for the team. I think it's no. it's like it's like Ramondre and Dame. One's good at the in the at the goal line, and one's good at you know one. the rest. Yeah. Yes, I agree with that. I agree. Like definitely, definitely, DeAndre Swift is better in the receiving game than Jamal Williams is. I don't really think Jamal Williams is a receiving back at all. But if you had to pick up a first down on short yardage, or you had to pick up a touchdown on short yardage, Jamal Williams is your guy. However, Swift is more of a game breaker than Jamal Williams, so I think that they're both better at different things. But I wouldn't say one of one of them is really better than the other one. But depending on what you need, you have a running back that can get you. So that's always good to have. All right. And was that it, or we still got two more? All right. Chargers will beat the three seed in the wild card round. I think depending on who that is, yes. I think if it's the Bengals, they could. Bills, the, Chiefs will beat them. No, the three seed's going to be the Ravens, no? Oh, oh, oh wait, yeah, 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 yeah. No, wait. No, wait. Oh, no, 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 because the Bengals won a division. No, my bad, my bad. Yeah, my bad, my bad. Um, the Bengals didn't win the division yet. If the Bengals lost to Buffalo whenever that game resumes, um, the, then – Whenever that oh, game okay. resumes, and then if the, and then they play them next week. So if Baltimore beats um, Cincinnati in that game, they have the division. Well, whoever said this take, I'm sorry, but as much as I like Herbert, I just have a feeling that Brandon Staley is going to get out coach this first game. Yeah, and I think it's I don't think they're going to face the, the 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 three seed. I think they're going to face the Jaguars, the four seed. And I think Doug Peterson, a Super Bowl winning head coach, is going to out coach him. I think the Jaguars, who I think a lot of people people are going to pick the Chargers in that game. I think the Jaguars are going to stun the Chargers in the postseason. Um, yeah, I can see it. I, I just don't like, – like like we said, like we don't know where they're at right now. I, I feel like I have to wait on this one because it's like we don't know who they're going to face yet. Yeah. Like before we dive into the ma- – like we always have to dive into the matchups, see who matches up well and, you know, who doesn't match up well, like who's going to win here because of the matchups. But I feel like I need to see who they're going to play before I can confidently say that. Like – but, but don't get it twisted, though. The Chargers have a lot of talent and because they got Bosa back. They're going to get Rashawn Slater back for the playoffs, hopefully for them. But I don't know. I don't know who they're against yet. And obviously it takes players a little bit more time to get healthy. Even if you're back, you're not really back yet. So If they face the Ravens, they're not, they are winning that game. But if they face the Jaguars, Bills, or Bengals, they, or the Chiefs, they will not win that game. They only win if they face the Ravens. Yeah, 
As of right now, I agree, but I, I need to see who they're facing first. Last take. T-Law will be consensus top five after next season. No. I'd say no. But he will I would be, say no, not he because he's be, not good enough, but because of the quarterbacks that are yeah, in the league. Exactly. No, I think he's going to be top seven, though. I think he's going to finally take it like a – he's going to pass the Dax, maybe the Tom. Oh, he's, already, he's already – okay, he's already passed Dak. I would, okay, say, I, think, I, I would say it's neck and neck. No, I think he's past Dak too, but apparently you're an idiot if you say that because a lot Dak has so much love. They, no, like no, they said I like Dak, but it's like people say that if, if Tom and Rogers were retired after the four consensus best ones, that Dak would be the next one, even over Lamar. Here's my thing, no. though. I I honestly think right now, if you if I were to rank quarterbacks, I think Lawrence would crack my top ten. I really do. Oh. He's in my top ten. I think I have like an eight or nine. I think he's my ten, either my nine or my ten. One of my one of those two. But it's it's like T Law will be better next year because a lot of people are going to want to play with him. And Trevor Lawrence, don't like hey, don't, sleep, don't sleep on Trevor Lawrence's mobility either. Like Trevor Lawrence can run, and like but he doesn't do it because he can throw really well too. He's a cannon. Like dude, yeah, Trevor so- Lawrence is an ultra talented quarterback. There's no debating that. So. He's gonna have Ralph. He's gonna have Ralvin Kidley ATL with yes. him next season. Yes. Yep. The Jags are going to rule that division for the next few years and maybe even beyond because I don't see it. No, I do. It'll last for maybe two, two, three years. But Bryce Young and the Texans will challenge them in depends. about two or three years. It all depends on what the Texans surround Bryce Young with. If they're and, talent, and I talent. am going to try to go to one of those showdowns between Bryce and Trevor Lawrence. But the thing, the thing is though, with the Texans though, because like we saw it firsthand in twenty twenty, like they can have a good quarterback. Like they can, they had Deshaun Watson, who was the passing yards title holder, even if it was Mickey Mouse because Mahomes rested. But the 18th they game. didn't have the the right coach. They're gonna get. They're gonna get the right coach. No, but it's but it's. But who knows? That that's not set in stone yet. So, as of right now, I'm saying Jacksonville is going to rule the division because they're already ahead. They're ahead in the rebuild. So maybe eventually Houston it's, will take over, and I think they're going to be neck and neck at one point if they're able to build around Bryce Young. But right it's going to be it's going to be Nick Saban and Bryce Young in Houston. Nick Saban is not an NFL. <laughs> he is. Dude wanted. Wanted Drew Brees, but the doctors told him no. He would have had a dynasty in Miami with Drew Brees. Okay. Or maybe not a dynasty, but we probably might have been stopped even more. We wouldn't have not just had to deal with Peyton Manning and Big Ben and Falaco for a while. We would have had to deal with Drew Brees and the Dolphins. Who did he end up getting? Was it Culpepper in that, that year or some shit like that? Like who, who did I don't know what they got, but yeah, the doctor screwed him over, and that, that pissed him off, and he's like, I'm never doing the NFL again. Yeah, I, I see it. Because there, there's some there's some coaches that are just good college coaches, like Urban Meyer, for example. I mean, we've clearly seen that firsthand. But um, yeah, that's kind of how that works. But back to the hot take: Trevor Lawrence, top ten right now, top seven maybe next year. But maybe t- I think he has the talent to be top five. But I think there's QBs that are more talented, like Burrow and Herbert. Josh well, look, he'll look, he'll be there maybe, but and. Year, I mean, not next year, but the following year, because when Brady and Rodgers are gone, who's going to really be over Bur- uh, Trevor Lawrence? For sure, Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, and Herbert, Burrow, right? Burrow, and so then Trevor, there. 
Well, because of the passing wise, and if he really utilizes his legs more, you could argue Trevor over Lamar because well, Trevor's also, obviously a, a better thrower of the ball. There's also there's also the concern with mobile quarterbacks when you know they play for a while that their legs and everything gets shot up, especially the way Lamar plays because well, he doesn't. That's start. why. Well, that's why the, the the Dolphins would be a perfect offense for Lamar. You wouldn't ask him to run too much, but you would have that extra option that would make teams fearful. Yes. All Lamar already has to do is feed the ball to the other two guys. Absolutely. And quick passing formations. You have Waddle and Hill involved if you want. And you can you can do yeah, you could do these lineups with RPOs. You can run with Lamar, trick him out and have Tyreek in the backfield. And nobody's gonna know who's running the football. Or the triple option. Even if you wanted to air it out deep, you could because Lamar's has a Lamar's a better arm than Tua. So you could still air it out deep. Yeah, it's a perfect scenario, but who knows if it's gonna happen. All right, well, that's it. That's, that's it. it. That was a fun one. Dude, we should we should get one of those going again, bro. That was fun. Let's yeah, to well, it, well, if more get added to the comments, we will try to make a new one if we get more hot takes to go. In a week but or we so, hope- we can we can post another TikTok and see if that one gets the comments. Okay. Yeah, we hope, hope you all enjoyed. But yeah, see you guys.